0: Welcome to International Marxist Radio, the official podcast of the International Marxist Tendency, Marxist.com. Join us every single week for Marxist news, theory, and analysis. Welcome to International Marxist Radio. Today we have Jules from Revolution, the French section of the International Marxist Tendency, to talk to us about a breaking story. Um, Macron, the President of France, has recently used a constitutional manoeuvre to force through a grossly unpopular attack on pensions, and this has basically become the touchpaper for a conflagration in French society. Strikes had already been underway for weeks prior, but now the masses, the youth, the working class, the unions are all involved in open battle with Macron, so we're very privilege to have Jules speaking to us from Paris about the situation so Jules thank you very much for joining us thank you very much for for the invitation um now we discussed before we began recording that by the time this episode is recorded, it will be already out of date because Macron is about to give a speech at 1 p.m. French time. Um, but nevertheless, we'll do our best. Can you quickly catch our listeners up to speed on exactly what's going on in France? Because we've all been watching on social media and it looks like Paris is burning. So could you please explain what's going on?
1: Yeah, uh, to, to, be, to be quick, the thing is, uh, since Macron was elected, he never had, uh, he was elected by default. And so, he didn't have a majority in Parliament. So, since June, he always uh, had to act and govern by a combination of uh, deals with the right wing and mostly uh, by this kind of constitutional manoeuvres you talk about. Uh, Since June, there had been uh, uh, 11.49.3. uh, th- that is the, this exact uh, constitutional manoeuvres and some other ones in fact w- we have a lot of these things in the French constitution and the thing is that this pension reform was hugely impopular uh, since uh, during the last two months there had been a big movement with some of the biggest uh, demonstrations seen in France for the last 10 years with 2-3 million people in the streets and big strikes in some sectors, but some sectors only. And uh, Macron, fearing that he will not have again a majority in Parliament for this law, tried to, to push in force, but this provoked uh, a wave, a, a burst of anger from the population, from the youth, from the workers, from a lot of, of parts of the of the french population will feel that this is uh the provocation too much if you if you if you want
0: mm, one step too far if you will yes and i know that france has seen a series of back to back um explosive movements in the last period. of course in 2018 2019 you had the gilets jaunes um which was triggered by an unpopular fuel tax hike but obviously expressed a general disgust in French society with macron's government of the rich and that drew in very broad layers of society and reached almost insurrectionary proportions then you had a number of strikes by rail workers public sector workers and so on many of these movements were derailed by the lack of or by bad leadership um, And it's interesting to me that in the current strike movement, I've seen the union leaders basically saying, look, we're worried this could get out of hand. We're worried we won't be able to control the anger on the streets. And we're afraid there could be a new Gilets jaunes or even a new May 68. So um what makes these strikes different why is it that the union leaders are so concerned because they're pretty pretty well practiced at driving these movements into safe channels they call these days of action where you just go out on the streets and you get very angry and everyone marches around for a day and then everyone goes home and sooner or later people run out of steam but why are the union leaders particularly concerned that this movement could get out of hand mm. uh,
1: there's uh different factors the first is uh the quantity uh there's a lot of anger in french society uh people are fed up since uh in fact since 2008 and uh, even more since 2017 there has been a lot of uh, brutal attacks on uh, workers rights uh workers laws and everything so there's a lot of things uh, in society pushing to more anger this and uh police violence, uh, police murders, and all these things. There's a lot of things in the head of the people pushing to more uh, anger to, to toward an explosion. There's also uh, the level of uh, the strikes. There has been a wave of small strikes during the last period of oil workers, uh, garbage uh, disposal services, uh, transportation workers, a, a whole lot of small, in a way, because they were localised but very uh, radical, very militant strikes, and also um, the apparition of uh, kind of a left wing current inside of the trade unions also that pushed on the leadership and uh, published very uh, good uh, declaration during the last period and uh, the last days in fact.
0: Yeah, I saw one statement by a section of the CGT, which is considered to be the left wing trade union confederation in France, with uh, CFDT being the more um, conservative one. And what they said was extremely militant. I'm going to pull it up, actually. Unite CGT, which is the left wing faction within the CGT federation released a statement yesterday saying, with our strike, we will block everything, everywhere, all the time, until we win. And they talk about being attacked by the police. I saw, they call them clashes, workers and youth were attacked by the police in Marseille and elsewhere. And they say, um, this will not stop us. Nothing will stop us um the new strike starting tomorrow as this episode goes out the 23rd of march must mark a new rise in the balance of power everywhere in all sectors the strikes are continuing and must continue to grow bringing the country to a standstill the economy to its knees this is possible and necessary we will win and take everything back i mean this is very powerful stuff um and the issue that we've commented on a number of times and the revolution commented on a number of times, our French website, um, is this question of days of action or limited strike action over one or two days versus renewable or unlimited strike action, all out unlimited strike action. And the leaders of the trade unions have resisted um, this push for continuous strike action. But here and there, some sections of the working class are beginning to move in that direction. Isn't that right?
1: Yes, that's uh, that precisely uh, the fact, that precisely it uh, what uh, the, the, uh, the strategy of the days of action since uh, 20 years, in fact, have uh, never uh, succeeded. There has never, never been a victory of this strategy. And the thing is, uh, this reality uh, became more and more obvious to big part of the class, of the working class. And, uh, during these last years, we have been, uh, some and uh, a growing number of, uh, renewable strikes from some sectors, some, uh, inter- some, uh, companies, some factories winning, winning some things. And the idea that this is the way to go. This is the way to win had become more and more, uh, present in the movement and Uh, In fact, it is uh, one of the features of the last movement that while uh, the federal leadership of the trade unions uh, is calling to uh, days of action, you have sectors calling for renewable strikes and calling other sectors to join them in renewable strikes. And the thing is, with this movement, Uh, these sectors in renewable strikes have been more
0: uh, numerous than in previous ones, in fact. Mm. Do you think it's possible that if a few sections of the working class, I've seen the oil refinery workers, the petrochemical workers, the energy sector workers, and a few others moving in that direction, do you think if they begin to take more radical action, they use a more radical strategy, that could inspire and inflame other sections of the working class to burst the bank set by their federal leadership? It might be.
1: It is, it is very possible. Uh, the thing is, uh, since uh, um, Friday, since uh, last week, uh, some sectors in some sectors, renewable strikes have grown, in fact. It is very difficult to have uh, exact figures because, uh, the, in fact, things are moving very fast and the situation is changing day by day. And even hours by hours, but in some sectors, uh, oil factories, uh, oil refineries, that were in in which uh, the strikes was becoming to to beginning to to ebb in a way because uh, after two months of strikes, the movement was becoming uh, during since a long time in fact for workers losing uh, pay day and all these all these things, but uh, the forty nine point three came as a shock and. Uh, push back on the fight some sectors and push on the fight new sectors. For instance, uh, garbage uh, disposal workers were not on strike in every cities. But uh, in some cities, uh, such as uh, Marseille, they joined the fight uh, at the beginning of this week while they were not on strike uh, before. So new sectors are coming in and new sectors might continue to come in. Uh, the demonstration and the strike of tomorrow, on the 23rd, will be a big um, ma- a big point, in fact, in this development.
0: Might be a big point. Well, we'll keep a close eye on it. I mean, the mobilizations, even in the last several weeks, have been very large. The unions were claiming 3.5 million people were on the street during the last official day of action. Let's talk about the political situation for a moment and the constitutional crisis that Macron has Wound himself up in. So Macron last week forced through this pension reform. It enraged the assembly, enraged the masses. There was a vote of no confidence um, brought on Monday this week and it was expected that with the support of the republicans, so the traditional centre-right party if you like, um, he would survive and he did survive that vote but only by nine votes so there was a bigger rebellion than was expected, and even though the government survived, which we anticipated, it's part of the reason that we were saying to the, well, we were commenting on the behavior of the political leaders of the left, Mélenchon and François Sommise, who leads the um opposition bloc in the assembly, for example, that this wasn't good enough, that simply calling a vote of no confidence wasn't going to topple the governments. Nevertheless, Macron emerged from that vote weakened. He barely squeezed through. Um, and now his popularity is down to around the levels that it was at the height of the gilets jaunes. So, what's the political situation as far as Macron's concerned? He doesn't have the, um, a majority in the assembly. He lost that at the last election. He's just barely squeaked through. He faced a big rebellion from the the right wing that he expected to lean on to survive. So, what's the situation on the political front?
1: Uh, It is very difficult for uh, the government, in fact. Uh, To begin with, uh, just this morning, uh, a comment came through from the boss uh, confederation, leader of the boss confederation, uh, Medef, that was uh, criticizing the method of Macron uh, because uh, French bourgeoisie is not stupid. And, uh know that by provoking and provoking uh, the youth and the working class macron could can can push them into uh, action into uh radical action but from this point of view of the government uh, macron has not uh, much left in fact he has no uh, majority in parliament uh, his government is uh, deeply uh, discredited deeply unpopular. Uh his own person is deeply impopular. Uh, one thing is that in Parliament, uh, the right wing on which he, he hoped he can count, for, count uh, he can count, divided, uh the right wing Republican Party is uh, on the on the brink of a split. Uh, his own uh, parliamentary group is uh, divided. No, is that Renaissance? Yes, that's it. Renaissance. Not, not any, uh, no one, not one of his uh, MPs voted for the motion of no, no confidence, but a lot of them uh, talked on the media, talked publicly saying they were angry at the government, angry at the 49.3 because they, they fought until the last moment that they will, there, there was to be a vote, but no. So there is a lot of anger. Uh, there is a lot of uh, um, how do you say it uh, fragility in uh, all uh, his uh, base of support, and the thing is, uh, a big part uh, of the population hope that uh, this movement will uh, bring his government down. In fact, mm. and on the political front, is confronted uh, on a part to the right wing, uh, ex- extreme right wing. Party of Marine Le Pen, that's National uh, Rally, formerly yes. uh, National Front. That's it. With uh, was become was gain its most uh, num- biggest numbers of MPs in the last parliamentary elections, and hope to gain even more if new elections were called for. And in fact, is hoping that it can be a new government form a new government. Maybe with the right wing, a part of the right wing party, uh, Les Républicains, the Republican party. And on the other side, uh, Mélenchon, uh, Nup- uh and the left wing alliance of the Nupes is calling also, uh, to, uh, uh, a t- a toppling down of the government, at least for part of it. So you have this whole situation and, uh, Macron has not, uh, much left uh, at not much card in hands. In fact, only one is repression, and he is using it uh, a lot since uh, last week.
0: Can we talk quickly about Mélenchon and Lebes and um, Le France Insoumise, which is the main left-wing party in France? Uh, it was narrowly kept out of the presidential election, second round, thanks to the splitting behaviour of the Communist Party and a number of other left-wing parties, so-called. As an international observer, whenever opposition is spoken about in the Assembly, in the political um, institutions in France, it's always Marine Le Pen. It's always the right-wing opposition leader Marine Le Pen did this, Marine Le Pen presented this motion of no confidence, um, Marine Le Pen opposes Macron. I mean, Melanchthon and Nupes have the biggest opposition block. Why is it that it seems they can't take the initiative? Why is it they aren't openly and clearly leading the charge and giving some real content to this Opposition to Macron because look, we—I I don't think we'd object if there was a combination of supporting the street movement, supporting the working class in the struggle, with a serious um, you know, opposition in in the assembly, with you know powerful anti-capitalist rhetoric, um, directing this anti-Macron mood on the political front in addition to the industrial front. Why is it that uh, the left doesn't seem to be able to really put itself at the head of this struggle?
1: Uh, the first thing is, uh, Nupes, uh, is not a party. And, uh, that's part of the problem. In fact, it is a big part of the problem because, uh, after the presidential election, uh, in which, uh, Mélenchon, uh, France Insoumise emerged as the biggest uh, party on the left, way, uh, ahead of any, uh, other party, the, uh, strategy adopted by uh, Mélenchon and this party, France Insoumise, was to offer an alliance to precisely these other parties of the left, a more right-wing party of the left, in fact. Communist Party, Socialist Party, the Greens, that had uh, failed uh, miserably in the presidential election and were uh, defending a uh, a very right-wing position uh, comparatively to the France Insoumise. And he offered them This, they jumped on the occasion, because it was uh, for them the guarantee that they will not be pushed out of the parliament. And since then, uh, the NUPES, in fact, is uh, more or less uh, paralyzed by this situation. Because at each step, uh, France Insoumise, at each time France Insoumise tried to go a little more on the left, you have other parties, other, uh, component, uh, component of the NUPES, uh, rebelling against it, talking publicly about, uh, about this, uh, criticizing it, even voting against sometimes. And, uh, you have this, uh, division and paralysis of the NUPES. Uh, you have also, uh, problems of the, on, uh, the program that NUPES defend with the right-wing parties, uh, adding uh, nuances about police violence, about uh, nationalization, about uh, a whole set of measures that on the political front is kind of paralyzing uh, the new pace And on the other side, we have also this idea uh, that is in the head of uh, Mélenchon and other leaders that um, they cannot uh, take the, uh, the role of the trade union leadership that it is to the trade union's leadership to lead the fight on the streets, and their part is only in the parliament, in a way.
0: And of course the trade union leaders are probably delighted with that arrangement.
1: They are happy with it, but not completely, because while the NUPES is saying this, NUPES also uh, pushed to more radical action, not saying what to do exactly, but nevertheless saying, we should uh, be uh, radical. We should uh, organize uh, demonstration on a more regular basis and half criticize, in fact, what is done. So nice. uh, trade union leadership is still unhappy and still criticize uh, Mélenchon uh, sometimes, in fact, on confederal uh, trade union leadership, at least. But uh, there's still this uh, fiction uh, that play a big part in France of Uh, trade union independence when you fight uh, for uh, your pay or your work uh, conditions it's not a political question it's a trade union question but if it is an election or in parliament it is political and the trade union not are not supposed to intervene it is a pure fiction but it is used by uh, trade union leadership and a part of the left to justify their own inaction in fact
0: yes it seems to me that given the level of anger and the willingness to fight in French society displayed time and time again over the last few years it's really been the leaders of the trade unions the trade Union Confederation tops who have saved Macron time and time and again because he was so unpopular so many times so close to being brought down um, and what was the main slogan on the streets in, in the gilets jaunes movement, but also in the big wave of strikes in, in 2019, um, the, the revival of, the, of, of, of the, the struggle now, it's Macron Démesson, it's Macron resign. It's a, it's a political slogan arising organically from the streets. And what I think is really interesting is that every time one of these struggles breaks out, of course, there's always one issue, which is the the trigger. At the moment, it's this question of pensions, but I saw a really interesting interview with a woman who's a CGT rank and file member. Uh, she's a municipal worker. She was interviewed on the news and she said, uh, we're not just here because of our pensions. We're here because we're fed up. We're here because we're sick of being poor. We're sick of the government not caring. They're sitting on a golden armchair and we're sitting on a dustbin. And I think this is the attitude that permeates French society. People are furious. And I saw another CGT activist, rank and file, saying, we have to give it everything this time, because when will there be a better opportunity? If not now, uh, then when? I read Revolution's last um, editorial statements on the strike movements, and you said that important factor is the youth have now entered the fray. Up until now, they've been comparatively passive, but now young people are starting to get involved. Can we talk about that? Yes. Uh,
1: one one thing is, uh, for a big part of the movement since uh, January, in fact, uh, universities were kind of quiet, in fact. There were uh, less uh, general assemblies uh, than uh, in in previous movements. Uh, they were smaller with a few hundreds people at, be- at best. And uh, it was kind of logical. W- when you are uh, a youth, a student, uh, your pension, your uh, retire- retirement is a very uh, distant uh, perspective. And you know that if you only fight against this, but there is still uh, poverty, uh, unemployment, uh, casualization of work, uh, fewer and fewer uh, money uh, for uh, universities and schools, you know that even if this precise reform is retired, you you will still be in a, a bad situation. You will still be poor. You will still be uh, exploited uh, studying in bad conditions. So a lot of youth were sympathetic to the movement but were not uh, ready to act. Even more because uh, during the last ten years, there had been a lot of student movement that all ended in failures because they were isolated, uh, confined on the universities, not linking with the the workers. So there is this idea that we should not lose again on our own. But since uh, last week, there had been big mobilization on the universities, uh, some of the biggest uh, general assembly of students since seen seen uh since a, a long time uh one thousand uh students in uh, Tolbiac, a big uh general assembly in uh, toulouse in other cities in other universities uh, a wave of uh, occupation and more importantly a wave of uh demonstrations uh on the night on the um, the night and evenings almost every day in fact since uh every day since uh, friday and another thing, another very important feature is uh, attempts uh, conscious attempts by the students to links to the workers in Paris, for instance, uh, uh, student general Assembly called for a march linking uh, an oil refinery that is on strike to a garbage uh, disposal uh, factory that is also on strike and this this march uh was done and students linked uh, are, are trying to link themselves to the strike movement and in fact it is a very important feature because the last victory of uh strike movement in France was in uh, 2006 uh during the the CPE against uh, Chirac government uh, reform and it was uh precisely the role played by the youth and the students at that time. They linked themselves with the workers and pushed forward uh, um, strikes, in fact, in a a whole lot of sectors. You had, at the time, uh, scenes of uh, students coming on uh, rail stations, pushing for strikes, convincing workers to get on strike, and then going to another uh, rail station, etc. And at that time, a government seeing this said enough is enough, we have to to fall back, we have to to give concessions. And it was a victory, the last one since uh, 20 years, in fact.
0: Well, I suppose time will tell whether we have another victory on our hands. But of course, I would say the victory now would be a very different situation because it's in the context of a much more acute capitalist crisis, where I would say French society is more polarized and more radicalized than ever. So I suspect that the sights of the movement would be a lot higher than in two thousand and six, and I don't think the movement would stop just at the pension reform. I think that people would probably want to not just take the baguette but the whole bakery, <laughs> as as the saying goes. Um, I know that you haven't haven't long, so I am going to ask my last question, which is about our perspectives, our organisation in France. What are we saying? What are we saying to the movement? What are we saying to workers in struggle, to the youth in struggle? And what are our activities in the next period? How are we intervening? What's our perspective?
1: What we are saying is, uh, is simple. That the only way for the movement to win is uh, by a wave of uh, renewable strikes uh, touching... A wider and wider, uh, a bigger and bigger number of uh, sectors of the economic uh, fabric of the country. In fact, we we need to put uh, the country to a halt, to bring the country to a halt, to stop, in fact, this reform and to bring uh, the government down. What is uh, clear today is that um, retiring uh, the, move, the, the reform for Macron will not help him to stop the movement as easily as he could have been in the past because precisely people are fed up people have a lot of things they want to 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 sold accounts in fact in a way uh, police violence all the thing I was talking earlier police violence poverty uh, all these attacks and also all the gifts given by Macron to the ruling class because while he was taking to workers with one one on one hand, he was giving to to the buses with another. He suppressed uh, uh, the tax on a very big uh, uh, amounts of wealth, uh, capital, and all this. Uh, he gave a whole lot of helps to fact to uh, companies and all this. So there have, there, there is this deep anger that is, in fact, that opens a way to the possibility to topple down the government and, in fact, to put the workers in power, in a way, with a big wave movement, with organization of general assemblies on the universities, on the factories, on the working places, linking together, in fact, to give uh, an organization to the movement. A democratic organization. Because that is also a thing that lacked since the beginning. This movement has been not as organized by the workers themselves as it could, as it could have been, in fact. And this is one of the things that needs to be done now. That is, general assemblies, uh, renewable strikes, coordinating
0: at a national level. Okay, merci, Jules. I'll send you back to the struggle. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck. Solidarity. Thank you. That was International Marxist Radio. Thanks for joining us. Tune in again, same time next week, for more Marxist news, theory, and analysis. And if you've been inspired by what you've heard today, Get in touch via our website marxist.com and find out more about how you can join the international Marxist tendency and fight for revolution where you are.